Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Hello, can everyone hear me? <laughs> we are back for episode 42 of the Interviews Podcast. Here to recap uh, the post-match for Inter Sassuolo, which finishes 2-1 to Sassuolo at the Stadio Giuseppe Meazza. Goals from Dumfries in the 45th minute, Bairami in the 54th, and Domenico Berardi in the 63rd minute. As always, I'm one half of your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Raffa, joined here by Johnny Paterno. Um, Johnny... We knew at some point we would be recording a podcast like this, right? It's a long season. As good as you start at some point in time, a loss like this is, um, you know, is bound to come your way. The fact that it's so predictable that it's at home to Sassuolo, um, the fact that it's a Domenico Berardi worldy to, to put them ahead, um, that part is, is definitely super annoying. Um, but this wasn't uh, entirely, you know, unforeseen for us to go down like this for our first uh, first loss of the year. Yeah, I mean, this was a game that I was definitely worried about for sure. They're not a team that, I mean, we heard it during the broadcast that they, now with this win, they have a winning record against us in the last 10 uh, or last 11, I think. Yeah, because it was 4-4-2. So yeah, last uh, last 11. Now they're 5-4-2. and two at our field um that's not good for sure uh but they're always a team that gives us a hard time whatever the reason is and like you said it's always berardi he might be the worst interista in the history of of, of interisti like only scores against us doesn't score against milan doesn't score against any of our rivals only against us does he score and they're bangers every time it's uh, it's diff- disappointing. It, it almost feels like we didn't take this this match seriously. Like we felt like we were better than we we are. Not that we are a bad team. That's not what I'm trying to say. But like it's almost like we didn't respect our opponent today, and we thought that they would just roll over and die because we're under we were undefeated. Um, no team in the Serie A does that. You have to come out each and every game prepared for them to give you your best or their best performance. Empoli kind of did that against us uh, over the weekend, and now this match, it's uh, it's a disappointing one because it was very predictable. It was very predictable. They're a bugaboo team for us, but hopefully, uh, a lot of guys look in the mirror today, and and they, you know, they're disappointed with their performances, just as we as fans are probably disappointed with their performances, and and they come out uh, more ready against Salernitana. Yeah, um, it's. I feel like it's good for the team to get knocked down a peg uh, a little bit here because, you know, the conversation, at least in the media around this team has been that, you know, we're an unstoppable juggernaut. There's, you know, we're not going to have challengers to uh, to the title or everyone else is a clear step behind us. Um, and that's the kind of conversation that can get to a team's head and um, can get performances like this can cause us to have performances like this so listen like anyone that thought we were going undefeated this season it's it wasn't ever going to happen um 
all of our rivals have have taken one on the chin so far uh, this year. So it was our turn, and it just so happened to come in a game that everyone knew was, you know, this, uh, like you said, this bogey team for us. Um, as far as, you know, your comments about looking like we, you know, we thought that we were going to win this game, I couldn't agree more. I thought that in the first half, the thing that kept coming to my head was that we looked a little uh, sluggish, like we weren't yeah. crisp and pristine in our passing, which I think has more to do with us being a little bit tired right now. It's just when you look at that 11, I tweeted before the match, um, if you were ever going to, you know, you're, we talk in the pre-mass pre- press conference every single time about how many games we have and stuff like that. And I thought that, you know, it's strange to keep having that conversation, but then when you have a home game against a team that you should be beating, you don't decide to rotate any of the players. And I think that that showed up on the pitch today. Like they looked very sluggish and I would have rather, again, like criticism always happens in in hindsight, right? But I would have rather had guys like, you know, Carlos Augusto and uh, Devray and Klassen, you know, maybe start at Fratesi starting this game and then going to like the Bastoni, the Di Marcos and so forth uh, later on in the game, like let them give you 20, 25 minutes of, of really fresh legs as opposed to them going out there for 65, 70 minutes of just really tepid performance. Um, and I think Inzaghi got his rotation rotation wrong today. But there's another thing that you know we really need to discuss, and that's the response to going down. Um, like, we, we had the ball, and, and we were trying to be threatening, but at any point in time after Sassuolo scored the 2-1, did you feel like we were, we were going to score that goal? Because I didn't. I didn't feel like there was any juice there. Yeah, the only one that I felt like we might actually score was the one that Lautaro put just wide. Um, where if you look at it, uh, Barella does a brilliant job keeping the ball in play on the sideline, releasing Dumfries on the wing, and Dumfries is able to get it to, to Lauti. That was the only time that I thought that we were actually going to score. Um, it felt like they just didn't didn't have anything to to give. Didn't there was no there was no kicking into second gear. You know, I really thought that that save that Sommer made on Lorient, um, which was such a good reactionary save after such a big mistake on Barami's goal, uh, that that would kind of like jolt them forward, kind of wake them up and be like, okay, all right, all right, we, we we're still in this. Let's go get it now. Um, and it never came. It never happened. This was uh this was a disappointing one. Yeah. I, I don't I don't I don't get I don't get what what was going on with them. I don't know if their mind was onto the weekend. I don't I, I really I don't get I also hate midweek games for us. League games. Not champions. Champions League we show up. We may not win every game, but we do show up for those games. For whatever reason, whenever we play a team, whether it's a Sassuolo or Bologna or or Cagliari or or Genoa like whenever it's during midweek and it's an afternoon game or even maybe you know like this was an evening game but if if it's ever in that in that kind of time frame it seems to be a problem for us and I just can't I can't get myself to shake that I mean if you remember the Bologna game where Radu had the mistake that was a midweek game you know that's it just seems to be something something about midweek games in the league for us that that are never uh, never a good thing so it is what it is, though. I I hope that these guys, like I said, you know, they they do a little bit of uh, 
reflecting on it because this is not what I expect from a team that I, I really, especially now, you know, you, you had a huge derby win. You eked out a win against Empoli, which again, wasn't a really great performance, but again, like we thought like, okay, these are the kinds of games where normally we would have tied or lost, but we got the win. We can move forward. Right. You thought there and was the, like a sense of maturity. Yes. Around this yeah. Like we finally figured things best. out. Exactly. Um, and then you come out today and you put in a performance that's even worse than what we did against Empoli. That's that's it's not very reassuring. And I, I don't and I, I'm not trying to get doom and gloom or think that the, the, the sky is falling. But like, let's look at what we did in the first five games, figure out what worked and, and continue to grow from that. Not just not just have these moments or or games like this where we come out completely flat. That's just not going to be acceptable in this league. Because listen, we could, we could beat Milan twenty straight times, but they're going to be winning every other game that they have to win, and it may not be pretty either. But they're going to come out and win those games. So we can't afford to drop points against teams that we should not be dropping points again if we really want to get that second star. Yeah, I think like you can't really say definitively one way or another how a team's season is going to go based off of like five games right i think you really like it, it you only you only really know it um 10 15 games into the season how we're gonna we're gonna perform for the year like what kind of team we have um but what i thought was different this year was that we would be able to avoid that Patsainter kind of performance, like you you mentioned against Empoli, like you're not at your best. And even against Sociedad, you're not at your best, but you hang on and you get a result that is ultimately favorable, right? Like the Real Sociedad, ultimately, that's a favorable point away from home. Empoli, 100%. you know, a favorable situation. Um, but that was not the case today. And I think that I think what we have been able to show through the first five, six games this year is that we likely are the strongest team in Serie A, but we very easily can have things get out of hand um, if, like, we are the only ones that can that can beat us to the second star. Yeah. This team is the only team that can stand in our in our way, and we got a glimpse of how things can be if we don't. If A, Inzaghi doesn't get this rotation right, because we cannot have a discussion about there's two teams that Inter has available, yet we continue to go with the same 11 and they're obviously very tired. Um, and then, of course, like, you know, the mentality and the approach. I think it was really obvious that um, that Somer, you know, mistake for their first goal kind of took the wind out of the team and then you know, of course, the Berardi screamer and and then there was just a real lack of lack of fight there. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's just it, it. I mean, listen, that's that's a mistake that you don't want to see from a goalkeeper of that experience. Um, you know, we saw it last year with Onana against Empoli. These things can happen. And in those instances, you kind of need your team to to pick you up from those moments. Now, later on, he did make a massive save, like I said, on, on Lorient that, that kept it 2-1. I mean, those are things that you should be able to, to use to kind of propel you to move forward and start, you know, either chase down the equalizer or get the equalizer and then maybe go for the winner. Like, 
your keeper is not going to be perfect every game of the season. He's not going to be able to make every save. He's going to have instances, you know, I mean, there's every keeper, every keeper. It doesn't matter who it is, whether it's Manyan, whether it's Donnarumma, they're going to have a game where they drop a stinker or they make an absolute howler. And you have to be able to to recover from that. Plain, plain as is, you know, it's like, it is frustrating when you see it, and and I I got upset not because uh, I I got more upset and I, I stayed off Twitter because I I knew the things that were being said were probably on tw- on Twitter and, and everything and I just didn't want to see it and I didn't want to hear the the jokes or the snarky comments like it happens it happens you know like I don't know I just didn't want I I, I try to avoid Twitter a lot lately myself just because I I don't know I'm, I haven't been enjoying it it just it just feels like a the same complaints every time. But anyway, I, um, you know, I, I, I felt for him. I felt for him because I know he was probably upset with himself. You saw his reaction after after it went in and, and you know, the things that he was yelling at to himself, not to his teammates. You know, I'm sure he'll recover. And I mean, he did in that game. So, like, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to let it um, change my opinion of him. I still think he's a he's a class goalkeeper. Um, just a notch below world class, but I think he's among you know the top 10, 15 goalkeepers in Europe. So, you know, shake it off and, and bounce back against Serenitana. Yeah, I don't think this is the performance for like individual criticisms of these players. Like, I think it's it's a as a collective. Um, I actually I would pin most of this performance on Inzaghi um, for just not. You know, not like the, they look tired, right? There's no, they did. There's no they one did. else. There's nothing else. Like you can see it. Like it's plain to see early. But do like you in think the first like, half? Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, maybe it was just me. But do you think like I, I, I thought all the 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 elderly players, the Mickey's, Acherbi, Darmian, I thought they looked very slow, very tired this game. I did not really like Acherbi. I mean. I understand him maybe, you know, listen, he was great for us last year. Um, I get maybe Inzaghi's willingness to lean on him more than he would with DeVry, but DeVry this season has been very good. I mean, very, very good. I don't know why you turn away from him and and, and do this. And then you have Darmian, who looked absolutely winded out there i've never seen him look that exhausted like where i I, just even like jogging back to to kind of gain on someone he just looked very going through the motions like it wasn't there was i can't even explain it i you have pavard like how do you not just let him keep playing he's not tired he's not he's not 30 33 34 35 whatever let him let him you you spent that much money like we we got Darmian for one point two something like that one point five maybe at most. He knows his role. He knows he's not supposed to be the starter. He knows he's not supposed to be the one that we lean on week in and week out. Lean on the guys that you spent the money on that are you know considered class players like like Pavard. I'm I would rather see Pavard, um, Devry, and Bastoni in, as the back three, and and even Mickey. Listen, Mickey's had great games. He was phenomenal in 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 the derby but today he was not very good he didn't really offer much he was misplaying passes again which has been my problem with him for most of the season you bring in fratesi what are you gonna tell me fratesi's not ready he's not he's, he's not he's not good enough 
He would have been playing on that team that just beat us. He would have been one of the starters for them. So it's like, you're going to tell me he's not good enough to get into this team? I, I just, I don't understand why we can't see the, the the lineups that we as fans want to see with, you know, give give us these guys, rotate the younger ones, allow them to play and get comfortable that way when you need it against the, the Juves, the Napolis, the, the Milans, whoever else you want to throw in there. When you need these guys to be able to perform, they're ready. They're ready. Like, I mean, look at Aslani, what he did in the Champions League. We said, like, out of all the games you give him the first start, it's it's a it's a game of this that's this big where the, the lights may have been too bright for him. And now and now what? You're gonna you're not gonna have, you know, maybe Fratesi comfortable in our system or comfortable with playing alongside Barella and Hakan for a full 90 or whatever it may be. Like these are the games where you you allow these guys to kind of get their sea legs and then you could lean on them in bigger moments. But I thought I actually thought the sluggishness was most evident in our biggest players. And again, like this is not oh hot take criticism, like start killing your best players. I'm I'm more talking like let's be real about what we're seeing. Barella and Lautaro, their touch on certain balls that you in the first half that usually they're really sharp and precise, they let a few balls like just get away from them. And I don't think, oh, all of a sudden the quality has gone out of these players. I think it's because their legs are tired. Like I, I really like that's what I'm seeing. Lautaro has been playing so much. Barella has been playing so much. Why why can't they come on in the second half if we need them to? Like, it, why is it a better situation to have Alexis come in at the end of the game than just give him, you know, give him 45, 15 minutes off the bat? Same with Fratesi in, in Barella's spot. He prefers to be on that right-hand side anyway if you if you have to stick with Mickey. Like, any, like That's the thing. I, you I don't, don't have to stick with Mickey. You don't. Like, you didn't even start Barella the Empoli game. So I can understand starting him this game, but why, like, why, why was Mickey out there? Like, what? What is this infatuation with Henrik Mkhitaryan? Like, I I like him. I don't I, I'm I don't dislike him, but he's not Devry. Like you know, he's he's not Modric. He's not anybody that you know. He's not Cruz. He's 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 Mkhitaryan. Like his his best seasons were at Dortmund. You know, like he he wasn't a hit at Arsenal. He wasn't a hit at Menu. He was okay at Roma, and he's been okay here. So why, like, why do we think that we we have to be the ones that that run him into the ground? And then what? Is this going to be like a a Jekyll thing all over again? Where then we get to January and he's completely useless to us? I don't want to keep repeating the same mistakes. I really thought, I really did think Inzaghi learned, and obviously with the way this season started, it felt like he's really figured it out and got everything. He was really pushing all the right buttons. Now where where there's more. Games coming up on the schedule, it's like he just doesn't know how to manage it. And and I hope, I don't know, I don't know if, if that's something where where Pepe would talk to him, where Auxilio would talk to him, where maybe he can lean on, on I, don't, I don't know, somebody else, you know, Zanetti or someone for advice on how to handle these this fixture list and then be able to rotate properly so that we have the right people playing in the right instances and then we're fresh for the games that are of extreme importance. But I don't yeah, know. It's- it's not a stretch to say that the worst part of Inzaghi's management is his ability to do it over a long period of time, right? Like there is a reason why he's never won a Scudetto. I know that, you know, came very close in his first year at Inter, but he, again, like we can't 
have the conversation that we have starters at every position at multiple levels, right? And then not play the guys. And I think that the other piece of Inzaghi's management style, and again, like guys, this is not, I am, I am of all the people, I am the, the one that is a little bit longer sighted, right? I don't want to be short sighted here, but it is a pattern from Inzaghi. I don't think it's, it's unfair to criticize and say like, it takes you too long to trust these guys. It takes you way too long to trust these guys. And we can't be running our starters into the ground so early into the season. Um, and, you know, it's it's not like we don't have another tricky game against Salernitana coming up away, you know, this weekend. Like, that's, that's a must-win game. Now that you've dropped your first points of the season, that's now a must-win game for me to keep pace. Like, I don't need Milan getting smacked in the derby, but are now, you know, in first place because we all of a sudden lost our heads. Um, yeah, and I wonder how he's going to manage that because are you going to do your rotation away from home or are you going to, you know, start your best guys... Uh, away like this was the game like I said before it started this was the game where you could give guys certain guys minutes off the bat that wouldn't wouldn't affect uh you know wouldn't drop the quality in the squad too much but um that's not how it that's not how it played out today so yeah lots of uh lots of frustration from what what we saw today I'm sure it'll be interesting to see in Zaghi's post-match and you know how he sort of explains away uh, this performance, but at the end of the day, you know, we lost three points and now I believe we're, we are tied for first with, uh, Milan. Am I correct on that? Yeah, we're tied. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess we would have the edge cause we have the head to head and the goal differential. So, right. Right. But on points, you know, it's the Milanese yeah. rivals that are in first place. So really disappointing today. You know, typically mm-hmm. we go through, one by one, each of the the players' performances. I think we take a little bit of a different uh, approach today um, and kind of talk, you know, about the game as a whole and talk about the three situations um, where the goals came from. So in that first half, like, I I have to give it up to Marcus Turam, who increasingly is looking like a problem uh, for most Serie A sides. Like, you know, he's, he just seems like a bully out there, but he run out of gas in the second half. Um, and now it feels like the Arnautovic injury is going to hit us a little bit harder, considering that if he's not going to be starting Alexis and one of these guys, Lautaro and Turam, is always going to be getting a lot of minutes, um, you know, it seems like it could weigh on this team. Like after watching this performance and seeing Turam be such a bully in the, in the first half, and then run out of steam in the second half, is it making you sort of reevaluate how you felt about Arnatovic's injury at the time that it happened? You know, that's a tough one. That really is. Um, you know, when I look at, at, at our forward line, I mean, I, we knew it was going to be thin to begin with. We really did. You know, like we had these two guys that we knew were bona fide starters. Alexis and Arnatovic, you know, could interchange. I'm still hot. I know a lot of people are not excited about Arnatovic. I think, and it could just be nostalgia, really more so than anything for me that that gets me excited about him. But I, um, when I look at 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 his his impact and what he could have been bringing, you know, it's 
there is there is certain things that this forward lineup lacks that Arnautovic did bring. He is a bit of a stronger guy. He is a bit more of an imposing guy. He's good at hold up play. Um, now, although his last couple performances, his touch kind of got away from him and it was it was letting him down a little bit. There were still things that I saw that just like glimpses of 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 skill and and, and excellence in his game and. And I wish, I, I mean, I've thought, I've wished this since 2010 when we first signed him. I wish he would have been able to put it all together and be consistent because there was, listen, it's not even just the, the physical aspects. There was just similarities when you look at his game and how he played for, for FC Twente that resembled Ibrahimovic. And you were kind of hoping that that would develop. And I was kind of hoping that he would be able to blend in and, and, and allow a little bit more rotation for guys like Lautaro and, and Turam to be able to rest and, and kind of, you know, maybe not have to play against the Empolis, the Sassuolos, the Leches, and stuff like that. Now you're gonna be leaning on those guys even more so, and they're gonna be tired. And although we called up Sar, which I mean, I like him. I think he's gonna be. Let me rephrase that. I I like him, and I think that there is potential there. But we all know that our Primavera players never really seem to get an opportunity. And when they do, they I don't know if it's too much pressure, but they never seem to really live up to the expectations no matter how well they play for the primavera team but uh, yeah, we all zaghi, know he's not zaghi's never going to use him he's, he's not he's not so him. we know it's going to be the the three guys and does that mean now for salernitana that we start sanchez to kind of rotate and and let lautaro rest or turam rest and then one of them i would rather rest turam personally and i'll say that because when he came off the bench against uh sociedad sociedad Instant impact. I mean, just that guy can, he could start, he can come off, and it's just instant quality and pace and power that he can bring in. And, and it is a little bit of a, not in a chaotic way, but he causes chaos in the sense that defenses don't know really know how to handle it or how to to manage it. So, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Inzaghi handles this forward group going forward. I, I wish, you know, Arnautovic a... a not a speedy recovery because I feel like when you rush someone at that age, that's when they tweak it again or they can get, you know, a setback and we don't want that. Um, but I do think that he still has a role to play in this squad. And I hope that, you know, he'll be able to come back soon and, and, and kind of fill that fill that spot. Yeah, I'd like to see Alexis against Salernitana this weekend as well. Um, and I really... I also think that three five one one away from home is is a good strategy. Like if you need to to close space a little bit better and, and really lock it down, then, um, you know, that that's a formation that can do so. And I really do think that that three, five, one, one could work if it's Mikitarian and Fratesi sort of, uh, changing roles a little bit. I know that Mikitarian is more seen as a shadow striker, but with how much Fratesi loves to run and with Mickey's ability to drop deeper, you know, into the middle of the park, I think we have good like rotational, cover there where the two of them can sort of work off of each other and exchange who's going to be the one that that you know ends up playing closest to the box and, and crashing the box and working off of the forward so i think there's an opportunity to see the 3511 against uh against Nitana this weekend um we saw dumfries get on the score sheet today i thought in the first half he was he was pretty good like his crossing he created a couple of chances um, even with that Marcus Duram header that went right over the bar that, you know, he got pushed from behind to the, the reality of the situation is that the reason that that header wasn't scored is because Ehrlich, you know, had his hands all over him and, and yeah. pushed him in the back. 
um, but Dumfries was creating really well. And then the same thing that happened to Duram, where where you know in the second half just fell off, also happened to Dumfries, whose touch in the second half and decision making was just awful, like awful, awful. And I think that once that one one happened, that could have been a good opportunity to you know push Darmian high and bring in Pavard, especially if Quadrado wasn't there, because I think it was easy to see that. Dumfries wasn't getting the things off that he needed to get off, and he was getting in plenty of space. And also, if you look at Inter's uh, patterns of play and heat maps and passing networks this year, everything typically runs through the left-hand side with Bastoni and Di Marco. That wasn't, like, Sassuolo did well to close that down, so we had to play a lot more through Dumfries, and I think that it's plain to see that's where the <laughs> there's some limitations there like it doesn't it doesn't always work he he had a, a, an individual moment of brilliance but then i don't know that right hand side man cuadrado would have feasted today would have absolutely feasted today with the space that that Dumfries was getting and with the end product that he has um could have been much much better um yeah i feel like at this point i'm just sort of complaining um Shit game. Shit game. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, I mean, with with Dumfries' goal, I mean, <laughs> I was yelling at him to pass, do something. He was, like, standing still for 15 seconds. I mean, I guess maybe that's the, the trick. You got to lull him to sleep, and then you, you're able to score a great goal. Um... And I agree with you know what you said. I mean, yes, Asuolo did a good job of negating the left hand side of the the pitch, and and really, you know, I feel like Di Marco wasn't really effective at all in 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 anything that he tried to do. But I mean, hats off to Sassuolo. They came with the right game plan. They were they were ready for for what we were going to be able to bring, and it also didn't hurt that you know we were flat, like we said. So yeah, it is what it is, though. And like I said, I hope we I hope we take this loss and 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 learn from it. So this is now three straight performances that Inter has not looked like the juggernaut that we did earlier in the season. Are you pressing any sort of panic button at this point? Like maybe we aren't what we thought we were? Or is this just a stretch of heavy legs, um, maybe some incorrect choices in terms of rotation, and we're going to bounce back? Or is this more of a sign of... You know, everyone should have held their horses a little bit when declaring they're uh, the best team in Serie A and, and one of the better teams in Europe. You know, let's. I, I don't. I'm not hitting panic. I'm not even raising a, a warning flag yet. I think, like you said, I think it really has to do with um, tired legs, uh, a lack of rotation. Um, you know, just. Just things that happen, you know, throughout the season. You know, we have uh, what is it, Salernitana next, and then Benfica in the Champions League, and then let me see, and then Bologna. Like, I guess let's see how these next three games go, and then and then we can, you know, maybe maybe make a decision on or you know have a a, a further discussion really on, That's a on tough where run we're at. Games for that is going to be a tough run of games. Yeah, for um, everyone crying that our calendar has been so easy, like that is a that's a difficult run of games right there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Salernitana is a joke. Bologna certainly isn't one. I mean, they've been slaying giants all season. Um, Thiago Mota just, 
I think he's a very underrated manager, and uh, and to me, he's someone that I would keep my eye on for a next big opening, whether it's Roma, whether it's Napoli, whether it's you know Lazio, maybe like you know one of these teams. Although it won't be this year because of the the rule where you can't manage two Serie A teams in the same season, but you know maybe one of the next ones in, in Benfica. Although we handled them over two two legs, maybe they got a chip on their shoulder, you know, to to want to inflict some payback on us. So. We'll certainly see what we do. Um, but right now, I'm not hitting any panic button, no. Lautaro has now gone three straight uh, Serie A games without putting the ball in the back of the net. Any concern with his form and um, obviously with him being the captain and with us not having our attacking, attacking depth right now, any concern with how this stretch of games could affect his confidence if he falls into one of those holes that he has previously where you see him not on the score sheet for six or seven games you know normally uh i'd be a little concerned but the effort is there you know we see him working hard in every aspect he's wearing the armband he's wearing it um with pride uh you know, whereas in the past when we saw with guys like icardi where you they would disappear and then you know the effort would never really be there um it's it's not concerning yet you know i uh, i i think that he'll still be able he'll still you know be able to to have an impact and i think you know what I, i'm gonna go on a limb here i'm saying against salernitana since he is known as salernitana man he's gonna get back on the score sheet um and and kind of break this duck i don't think it's gonna go longer than than three games you know like this type of stuff yeah, um, I certainly hope so. And I think, you know, I just took a peek at Twitter. I, like you, have, you know, taken myself off of Twitter for a little bit because uh, I don't like all the... I think everyone on Twitter has to, you know, give their take. And so what that leaves you with is a lot of reactionary takes. Like, again, I'm trying to, you know, look long term here. What I would look at, you know, with the stretch of three sort of poorer performances is more... um how Inzaghi is going to rotate tired players and, um, you know, our, our ability to create chances if we are the possession dominant team. That's the other thing that I think is not, is the difference between what we saw earlier in the season and what we're seeing now is that we obviously don't want to be the possession dominant team. We want to be the team that hits you on the counter. And when we're for when we're coming up against a team that is is sitting back and closing up the spaces, we do have a little bit of a problem with chance creation, especially if we're not getting the best form out of Barella, and especially if we have tired legs on the field. That's really what it, I think is happening here. Um, it's you know we saw against Empoli, we dominated possession, you know didn't create the most chances, but that was a much better performance than what we saw today. But that's just the situation that I think that that we're in right now. Um, yeah uh you know what more can you say honestly it's it's sort of like i don't want to beat a a dead horse here but yeah were there any losses uh go ahead were there any positive performances that you take away from the team today you know i think carlos agosto played well uh when he came on i I like what i saw um I can't really think of anyone else that really stood out. I mean, people are going to say that Dumfries did because he scored the goal. But if you really look at it objectively, you know, there's sides on both camp where people who defend him to the ends of the earth. and There's people who hate him for everything. I'm obviously 
in the other the latter group there, but he had a good first half and a bad second half. He did there's nothing exactly. More, there's nothing the, more to it. Exactly. Like you need to, you know, the, that's why I wouldn't say he had a good game. Um, yeah, Klassen didn't do anything, so I can't really, you know, say anything on on his uh, cameo. But um, the only one that really stood out to me, and it's not even really standing out. It just looked like you know he came in and, and started immediately having an impact was uh, Carlos Agosto. So. Yeah, very yeah, flat, but, very flat. Bastoni, good. There was I, you could say for a lot of players that the first half looked good. Like Bastoni looked good in the first half too. Um, you thought Marco so? Looked lively. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was getting on the ball deep in their half. Like he did have a cross <laughs> into the middle that I forget exactly who was on the end of it. Um, that it should have been. Uh, but I don't I think that... who was on the end of it. I, when Bassoni is getting into the box and delivering crosses, like that's that's a good sign. He also had like an insane touch, but right before that cross, if I'm remembering correctly, yeah, the one um, that where Hakan played him from cross, you know, across the pitch, and yeah, I mean, yeah, that was, yeah, but like I don't know, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I, I guess maybe because it just looked like so flat that I can't really highlight. Any of the starters, you know, nothing really impressed me too much. You know, Barella, another meh game. And yeah, this is a, this is definitely a, a topic of discussion. I'd, is I'd be more worried about yeah, I'd be more worried about Barella's performances this season than I am Lautaro not scoring the last three games. I um, I don't know what to I don't know what to pin it on other than heavy legs. Like I really don't. He's he's playing so much, and I don't like I, I people that want to say oh he rested against Empoli. It, it's not. He needs a full 90 minutes away from the pitch. Like he needs to not be on the pitch for a second. He he needs to take a break cuz obviously it's not coming off for him. It's just not coming off for him. And this you know squad depth was something that everyone talked about as being so strong for us. Like we really can't give this one guy like just 90 minutes on the bench where he can just take take some some heat off of his legs a little bit. Every time he's out there he works incredibly hard. He needs he for his own I mean, good. He needs a break. I I don't even know if he needs a break, and maybe, he, but I think it would be nice to see him maybe play on the left side from the start and have Fratesi on the right, and let's see how that looks. Just just shake it up, shake it up. Maybe maybe he's getting stagnant. Maybe maybe he just doesn't like playing with uh, Denzel. I'm just kidding, people. Don't please don't get upset. Like I'm just I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, the sky, a, a reminder to Interisi, the sky is not falling, but I think that, you know, every team is going to have stretches like this, um, especially in a league like, you know, the Italian league, where it's just so tactically difficult to look your best every single game because teams work on trying to figure you out. And we have the best coaches in the world in Italy. And, you know, eventually that's just how it goes. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I, I don't see the point in going into every single player's performance here. Um, it, it doesn't feel like the right way to sum up this game because everyone was, you know, considering the entirety of the game, like you said earlier when you were talking about Dumfries, considering the entirety of the game, everyone was either average or below average. Um, 
and we needed a little bit more to beat a, a motivated Sassuolo side that always comes to San Siro to play. Always comes to San Siro thinking they can get a result because the fact of the matter is we've let them have that feeling so many times now in recent memory that, you know, this is a game that they look forward to on the calendar and that's kind of fucking embarrassing, but whatever. Am I reading this right that our next two Champions League games are both like so we would have started our, our Champions League season with all three away matches? No. How's that I, possible? I, I, I don't know if I'm reading this right. I could be wrong. Uh oh no, we're home. We're home the next two. Okay. No, it just it was well, no. Yeah. Yeah, we are home the next two. This app that I'm looking at them just has it. The way I would see it on, like, you know, when Google shows it, it just had it reversed, so it just threw me off. I mean, this is a brutal stretch of games. Salernitana away after your first loss of the season. Benfica, Champions League game at home. Bologna, a uh, very tough team like you described. Torino, which they've looked, you know, defensively solid under Juric this season, although they did pick up a loss today to Lazio. Salzburg, and another, like, Champions League game. You have to pick up points here. Roma, Atalanta. And then another game against Salzburg. Like these aren't. If we can, if we can come out of this league fixtures, if we can come out of this with twelve or eleven or twelve points. No, what? How's the math? It's five games, fifteen. If we can get twelve points. Or 12 or 10 points out of that, I think that's good. 12 would be ideal. Like, you only drop three. But. Yeah. All right. Anyway. I don't know. I don't have much else to uh, commiserate about this match. It's kind of depressing, but it is what it is. I think, you know, if there's one thing that Interisti listening to this podcast should take away from it, it's one, we are in a little bit of a rut like it's been three straight games Two, the rotation needs to be better we have a lot of tired players and three this is a long ass season and at some point in time like especially when you start off so hot it's so easy to now you know go on the flip side like and start thinking that we're not good as as uh what we've seen it's not the case it's just you know, the season is long and there's periods and it's up and down, up and down. What Inter needs desperately to avoid is having, like they did early last year, an extended down period where then you have a hole to climb yourself out of. And that's why I said, like, no game this early in the season should be must win. But it really does feel like you got you got to get three points at Salernitana or else you know, we know what the Italian media is going to be talking about. And I just don't want a repeat of, of last year where, you know, we, we get ourselves into a little bit of a hole. I think there's a lot of people listening to this, a lot of teams of a lot of fans of other teams that would be like, look at how, look at how ridiculous these guys are after their first loss of the season. But it's more of a like PTSD kind of thing. where thinking back to, you know, slumps from the past like you just can't let this get extended it's already been extended enough right three straight poor performances you know four points out of a possible nine um it's not it's not good but it's not the end of the world yeah no it's it's not the end of the world at all by any means you know we have 
Listen, we have loads of, of talent on this roster and loads of potential. It's just being able to get everything to kind of work in a cohesive manner and be able to get points when we normally wouldn't have um, that's going to be telling. You know, last season, we started our first three, nine games, six wins and three losses. You know, if we can go eight and one, as opposed to what we did last year, that's to me, that's a massive improvement, of course. And um, and it would really put a lot of people at ease because, I mean, we know how well Napoli got off to a hot start last year. They don't really look too imposing. Sure, they beat Udinese today, but Udinese is not the same team, you know, and, and I'm not too, too worried really about bad. them. They've looked atrocious. Um, but anyway, like I, I think as long as we we do our part when we, we are expected to do and not drop points against teams that we shouldn't be, especially like in games like today, whether they're uh, a hiccup team for us or not, you know, this should be a different team. This should be different performances, different levels of maturity, different, you know, tactics and stuff that we are able to impose. And when things aren't working, we're able to adjust in game, which, you know, for the most part, Inzaki has been able to do. But um, this one, it just, you know, I, I put a blame on him for the, the lineup he chose, but then I also put a blame, blame on the players for, for just being so flat. So, um, yeah, listen, there's not, we, we're going to keep repeating the same things over and over again. So let's, uh, let's take this one on the chin and get right back up and, and hopefully be able to come out with a W on Saturday. Yeah, hopefully what this team needed to snap out of it was a little bit of a kick in, kick in the teeth. And with that, we will end episode 42 uh, in the words of the great Roberto Scarpini. Forza ragazzi, forza ragazzi, forza ragazzi. Forza ragazzi.